This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode two of the Stacey West blog podcast. I'm Ben and Gary is with me. Hello everybody. And uh, yeah, I think the, the reason that this is probably a bit earlier than we initially anticipated is because we had an awful lot of feedback from people essentially saying, can you make it weekly? So here we are, I guess. There's also the added pressure, of course, that we've uh, we've now got some competition as well, haven't we, in the podcast world? Yeah, I mean, I I, I mentioned this to uh, to Mr. Horton of uh, of BBC Radio Lincolnshire fame. Um, BBC Radio Lincolnshire have also launched a Hope and Glory podcast. Um, you know, other Lincoln City podcasts are available. A you know, i.e., this one. Um, but it's you know, it's always good to have uh, in multiple multiple things going on i think the timing is pure coincidence to be honest but uh no yeah i mean this one. they just heard this one last week ben and they decided you know what we want a piece of that so they went for it <laughs> absolutely yeah um i mean i think the, the the first thing to address is the feedback that we've had so far i mean i was a little bit overwhelmed by it if i'm honest yeah, I mean, it went down really well, didn't it? I know that that some people said that they wanted a podcast, and we, you know, we kind of rose to the occasion almost and, and and put one out. But the feedback's been incredible. Um, lots of people, sort of, with constructive criticism as well. You know, I've I've lifted my microphone a little closer to my mouth this week because I think I was uh, I was quiet. But overall, you know, what did we expect? Maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty people would listen, and and we're well past the six hundred mark, which is phenomenal. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think. Um... It was uh, it was a bit of an experiment last week, and I think the fact that uh, you know we we sort of came out of the blocks sprinting really. It's um, I'm I'm really chuffed with it, and I think um, as I said, the the overwhelming sentiment was that people you know didn't necessarily want to wait two weeks and and have two weeks worth of of Lincoln City news condensed into into one show. So we've sort of put it. We're going to try and well. Uh, try our best to put it out weekly um there may be some weeks where we we maybe can't do that but you know those weeks we that we can't do it we'll make sure to let everybody know 
but the new goal is to put it out once a week and uh, see how we go. Excellent. Yeah, I'm quite so, excited Absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So uh, we'll crack into it straight off. Um, the uh, the game on Saturday against Notts County was, I would say, a return to form after Tuesday night's game. Um, I think I, I think we had a, a a very quick blip, um, and I think Danny would have presumably put a rocket up them in training, um, for want of a better phrase. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think we I think we set up more balanced. To be honest, I think we had a lot more width on both flanks than we did against Berry. Um, it wasn't hard to improve on Berry, and and we got the win. Um, I thought we played with a, a very good intensity. I thought Notts County were a little bit unlucky early doors. Um, I mean, you know, we, we we got the first goal, which was an absolute worldie. You know, you'll not see better this mm-hmm. season since Bank. They got back into the game, hit the post um, at, at one all, and you know, if, they, if they'd scored that, I think the balance would have switched. But instead they didn't and they let us back into the game. And once we get the win behind us at Central Bank with 8,000 fans sort of singing and cheering as well, it's always going to go one way. And I think after that, certainly after half time, we controlled the game and we made them look very, very ordinary. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, the, the the thing that struck me was that um, when County hit the post, um, their heads seemed to drop. Um, quite quickly after that, they didn't capitalize on the pressure. They didn't. Uh, they didn't really push forward and, and really try and get the goal that I think they were threatening with a little bit. Um, it seems to be the way that that we play at the minute, where we'll, you know, particularly like the Swindon game. I think we dominated for large parts of it, and then there was a, just a little bit of time when I think Swindon got back into the game, and we managed to snuff it out quite quickly in the second half. Um, and I think that the, the exact same thing happened here where, you know, they got the equaliser and they, they sort of rocked us a little bit. Because I, I think that equaliser came out of nowhere, really. Um, the, the free kick was, I mean, it was a fair it was a fair free kick, that you know, to give away. I think it was a potentially a bit of a sloppy one on our part, but, you know, no, no complaints here. Um, it was a clever free kick and, yeah, they, they came back into it and put us on the, put us on our heels a little bit. Um, but I think it's a testament to the side that they they came back and uh, I I thought Bruno Andrade was superb on Saturday. I thought he had an absolute belter of a game. Um, obviously, the headlines got taken away from him by Freck with his uh, well, let's just say goal of the season. I don't think it's going to be a candidate. I think it's going to easily be goal of the season. But I think me and you both said uh, that Bruno had a great game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Bruno absolutely terrified their right back. It was uh, Matt Tootle, and he, he'd been out injured. It was his first game back from injury, uh, and I think he went off after what, half an hour, something like that. Um, and whoever they dropped in at, at right back from central midfield was equally as terrified. I mean, Bruno was one of those players who, at the beginning of the season, looked as if he might be on the fringes a little bit. You know, I think he, he played in the derby friendly. Uh, ahead of the Northampton game. I think he came off the bench against Northampton and you, you wonder, mm, is, is he going to be one of these that comes on and off the bench? Since then, I think he's really established himself. Um, I've actually I've been having a look at a few stats on um, on, on ESPN. So Bruno Andrade has had twice as many shots on goal as any other Lincoln player so far this season. And I think that that shows you exactly what he's about. He, he's lively, he's pacey, he gets into good positions, and he creates goals because he, he obviously he, uh, he 
I think he created the uh, the third goal, did he not? I can't remember which one he scored, mm-hmm. which one he created now. Seems a long while ago. <laughs> um, I thought he was fantastic. I, th- I thought he was nailed on man of the match. I appreciate Freck had a very good game. And I think, you know, we, we were talking about County and how they got back into the game. That's always going to happen. Don't matter who you are. Don't matter if you're Manchester United playing, well, not Manchester United at the minute. Um, let's say Manchester City instead, um, playing a, a Southampton. There's always going to be a spell, one spell where another team gets into it. And, and you know, that that's always going to happen. But we wrestled mm. the game back from them and we showed real character, especially after the way we did play against Berry. And I think that that only bodes well for the rest of the season. Yeah, totally. The um, I think the mentality that, that was uh, instilled in everything that we, well, you know, the second half against County, we, we just cranked up the pressure. And I, I don't think... You know, I don't think we necessarily looked incredible. I thought we looked really comfortable. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think we got one thing right in that we sat there and everybody was singing, you're getting sacked in the morning to, to Mr. Nolan. And, uh, you know, some would say, unfortunately, it uh, it came true. Um, it, I mean, I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts on this. Um, the The guys at the NCT20 podcast said, you know, a lot of people in the mainstream media are surprised saying, Oh, well, you know, they were, they were in the playoffs last season and they've, you know, the bottom now it's, it's too quick to get rid of him. But when you look at it, they've not really won since, well, I think it's about 10, 12 games without a win now. Yeah. He's won, was it eight in 28 since the turn of the year? Um, I think he was ripe for a second. I do think there's a, an element of knee jerk reaction. I think, in the summer from something I was reading uh, earlier today, he said he, he moved to Nottingham on the promise that his job was secure for a season and he was going to be allowed to build. Um, and obviously, Ooh. yeah, exactly. We're, we're a month in and now he's stuck in Nottingham. Um, I, I personally think it's a little bit early. I think if you give a manager 300, 400,000 pounds to spend in the summer and he gets off to a bad start after five games, if you're sacking him, that's knee jerk. And whoever they're going to bring in has got, 48 hours if they named him now uh, to bring new players in so realistically that's not going to happen he may get uh, may get announced tomorrow if they can if they can negotiate properly with uh, Crawley and, and and pay whatever the release clause is on Harry Kewell but the whole thing got it's got circus written all over it for me Ben I mean um, yeah. last night their chairman said We've approached three clubs to speak to their managers and, and it emerged that it was Harry Harry Kewell at Crawley and Neil Ardley at Wimbledon. You think, what, what on earth can those managers think? Neil Ardley's sat there thinking, well, I'm only one of three. And if they really mm. want Harry Kewell, why are they saying that they're going to others? They, uh, for me, the, the whole setup at Notts County, from the second they walked off the pitch against us to now... Uh, has had that da, 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 going around in my head all the time. It's, <laughs> I'm pleased it's not my club. Absolutely, Absolutely yeah. I think, um, you know, the, the way that... Uh, I don't know if it just seems to be football in general at the minute, but the way business is conducted, I'm glad we're not falling into that trap and I'm glad that we're not, you know, in that we're not in that boat where we're having to make these decisions and we're having to go to different management. And, you know, I think the one thing that is genuinely quite nice is to have a managerial vacancy and not have Danny and Nicky linked to it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? That was the first thing that crossed my mind. And I think other teams have realised that unless they're Ipswich, well, even if not Ipswich, unless they're West Ham or something like that, they're not going to prowl 
Kai Danny and Nicky away. They've moved here. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they they couldn't be more comfortable. I mean, I, I was quite lucky on Monday. I went up to um, Rysholm College, uh, where that where the, where the okay. squad are based at the moment. Um, for uh, the club have kind of asked me not to say because they've done something nice for me, but they haven't done it for promotional reasons. So I'm going to kind of keep it to myself, um, if that's okay. But the setup that yeah. Danny and Nikki have got there is phenomenal. They've got uh, like a, a big long hallway with rooms coming off. And they've got treatment tables and video analysis rooms and classrooms. And you think if they've got all of that here, why would they want to then go to Notts County? Okay, they could drive to Notts County from Lincoln. The move wouldn't particularly make a lot of difference. There's no way Danny and Nikki are here, in my opinion, until the end of their contracts, at least. Yeah, and you know, I've said it before. I think they're going to leave on their terms. They're going to leave with their heads held high and they will leave more than likely as heroes to the vast majority of people here. Um, I think anything less than that and either something goes horrifically wrong or people suddenly have very short attention spans and short memories. But, you know, that's football, that's that's football fans. But we're not going to talk about that because we know full well that they're staying, they're here for a while. Um, and instead, we'll we'll move on to... Um, to to Blackburn. Although just before we do that, I do want to say, Freck, I think I did a little bit of a wee when you scored that goal on Saturday. It was uh, it, it was it was sublime, wasn't it? I take it that's Lee Frecklington and not me. I didn't score a goal on Saturday. Um, oh no, I did say Freck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I must have missed the Freck bit there. I was thinking, have you seen me kicking about <laughs> in the garden with my nephew? Um, do you know what I was? I was in the uh, one of the boxes, and we sit just kind of left of of the goal or right of the goal as you look at it, left on uh, from the from the stand. So I was more or less in line with Freck. And as the ball came over, it was the way he was shaping. I just said he's he's going to hit this, and there was a little shake of the head next to me. But it wasn't. He didn't hit it. You know, he didn't swing at it. He placed it. He placed it on the volley with absolute pinpoint precision. And you'll see more spectacular goals from further out, more power. But I don't think you'll see any goal that controls a football as well as he controlled that in one touch. Yeah, I mean, I've got got a few, uh, a few, like WhatsApp groups and stuff from from stuff that I do elsewhere, and um, I sent the uh, I sent the video once the uh, once the goal had been you know once it went up on Sky Sports. I sent the clip to a bunch of guys um, who are pretty much all uh, Premier League fans. You know they're all all based in London. They're all Spurs fans. And when I sent it through, one of them just replied, "Went did he hit that with his instep?" I went, "Yes, he did." I thought that that was just. It's a goal of the kind of class that you don't expect to see at League Two level week in, week out. And I think that has easily shot to the top of the best goals I've seen at Cincelbank. It was just sublime. Um, But yeah, as I said, we'll move on to uh, the Blackburn game. Now, I didn't go uh, to the Blackburn game. I was unfortunate enough to be be working last night. Um, But did, did you... Did you go? No, I didn't go. Um, I'm afraid. Uh, a similar sort okay. of thing. Um, I do have a... Uh, we're going to sit and we're going to talk about a game here. And in my mind, it's wholly irrelevant. And I know, I know that's that's perhaps a, a, a negative thing to say. But the result and to a degree, the performance is wholly irrelevant. Um, it was the least damaging defeat that we will have all season. 
we could lose in the mm-hmm. Checker Trade Trophy and it could hurt us more than last night's game did. Um, and anybody that tries to tell me that it wasn't treated with the same level of, I won't say contempt because that would be incorrect, but the same level of importance as a Checker Trade Trophy game, because it was. Yeah. At the end of the game, I mean, I know we'll talk about the, what happened on the pitch, but it was just the way Danny came on um, Radio Lincolnshire after the game and he was clearly angry. And he wasn't angry that we'd lost 4-1. He was clearly angry at the positioning of the fixture. Um, he lashed out in a way at the EFL, said if they want teams to take this seriously, um, you're going to have to to change the fixture, change the, move the congestion around, because at the end of the day, he can't afford to play his first team Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And he didn't. And Luke no. hadn't had a kick. I, I didn't think he would start. I thought he'd be a check trade player. Same with Adam Crooks. Um we put a weakened team out against the team two divisions above us. I think we did bloody well, to be mm. honest. Yeah, and I, I'm fully in agreement. I think, um, you know, it, it's very easy for us to sit here and just parrot whatever Danny said. Um, but you you do look at the fixture list and it's like we've had what? We, we were away last Tuesday. No, sorry, we're at home last Tuesday. We played the previous Saturday. So that's Saturday, Tuesday. Then we had Saturday, and then we had this Tuesday against Blackburn. We've got this Saturday. Then we've got next Tuesday against um, Mansfield, and then we've got a Saturday game again. Yeah, like that's that's seven that's seven games on the bounce in quick succession. You, it's ridiculous, and you know I am fully supportive of what Danny said. I think the the fact is we well we're all aware we don't have the biggest squad in the league. Um. I think the squad that we've got is is a strong squad, and I think even though we put out the quote unquote reserves last night, it was still a decent showing by all you know by all accounts. And I think uh, you know Juan Luque's sounding like he had a decent game, uh, you know, for his first uh, full professional start. You know, um, I just I can't understand how the EFL or the you know the FA or whoever it is that puts these lists together. I don't see how they can feel that playing eight or nine games in the space of, you know, in August or, you know, August over into September, I don't see how they can think that that's a, a legitimate way of like keeping everybody fresh and, and having good competition. Like it's, it's stupid. It is. I think, you know, they're trying to get the games out of the way so that the Premier League teams don't have them um, when the later stages of the FA Cup and, and European competition comes away. It's, this is, for me, this is the weakest competition we will play in. I, th- I value the Checker Trade Trophy higher than this. Now, I know that the Checker Trade Trophy yeah. has got its um, has got its faults, but there's more prize money. There's more yeah. um, chance of getting to Wembley. Mm-hmm. When you play a weakened side or a, a weaker side, fans expect it. i tell you what, listening to Danny last night and, and talking about the anger, you know, I don't think his anger, it certainly wasn't at the players, it certainly wasn't at the team. To a degree, it was at the FA. I actually think he was angry because he was forced to play a weaker side. And I'm not being disrespectful to Reedy or, or Juan Luque or Adam Crooks, but the fact is that he would like to have gone to Blackburn with a full first team in front of 1,100 of our fans and put on a show. But he yeah. knows that with Exeter coming up on Saturday, he couldn't do that and he's had to make a choice. And he was angry and upset because he felt, in my opinion, that he had let the fans down, which he hadn't. 
and I, I, I genuinely, I, it just it annoys me. And I'm, now we're out of that. I, I really could not care less. I'm not going to look at the draw and see if, if Blackburn get Arsenal and go, oh, that could have been us. Whatever, not bothered. No, I, I think that's absolutely fair. I, I don't really see. I mean, I, I don't really see the value in in a lot of things that come out of the Carabao Cup. To be honest, I know it's easy to say that because we're not in it anymore. But, you know, when you're playing a championship side in the second round, you think, okay, that's not too bad. You know, we're doing all right. It's it's looking it's looking promising. And then all of a sudden you look at where the, where the fixture falls and you just go, oh, oh, right, okay. Um, what are we going to do here? Like, it, it's just crazy. And the, yeah. I'm not going to dwell on it because we could probably talk about it all night, but the F the EFL need to look at this. And, you know, like I said, I don't just want to sit here and say exactly what Danny said, but I don't think it can be said any better. I think that there are so many clubs that, you know, in the top flight, when they complain about fixture congestion and that they need a winter break, you look at the, you look at the EFL clubs and, you know, the, the teams in, in League One, League Two, in the National League and some, you know, in our case, a couple of, couple of seasons ago, there's they're playing 60, 60 plus games in a season. And when you're doing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and it's only September or, you know, August, how are you expected to, to keep up a competitive level all season when you've got, you know, when you, when you don't have the resources, you don't have the finances, I'm, I'm talking on the whole here. I'm not just talking about us as a club, but you know the likes of what you know the likes of uh, you know Crawley or someone like that. You know they don't necessarily have the resources to sit there and throw money at squads of 25, 26 players. One, sorry, while we're you know while they're also trying to compete in the league, you know it, it doesn't make sense. But and if the rewards if the rewards were there. Like we got when we when we beat Manchester City and we went through and we played Southampton, the rewards were there because first of all it was two legs, so there was mm-hmm. a big away attendance as well as the attendance from your home ground, and it was normally a packed night, so that there was there was benefits there. And I'm not saying it should be two legs early doors, definitely not. Um, mm-hmm. It was staggered a little bit better, so you stood a little bit more of a chance. So the the competition has just slowly degraded, and they've tried to jazz it up by putting some nasty energy drink plastered all over it and doing the draws over in Thailand and all that sort of thing. And in actual fact, once they sort the checker trade trophy out, that route to Wembley and that additional prize money will be worth a hell of a lot more than, you know, a midweek fixture in Blackburn. Yeah, absolutely. So you you say about the checker trade trophy and, you know, when they get it sorted out and what their, what their options are there. Um, we might as well move on to that. Um, well, actually, no, we won't do that. I was going to say we'll move on to that because that's the next game. But it's not the next game. It's uh, Exeter on Saturday is the next game. So I don't think too many people would have picked this as an early top of the table clash um, outside of the two fan bases, maybe. Uh, I think I think Exeter were probably tipped to struggle a little bit after, um, you know, after the managerial exit there. Um, and... I would probably say that they've they've possibly exceeded their expectations so far. I mean, what what, what are your thoughts on Exeter? Yeah, I didn't. I'd agree with that. I think Exeter lost a lot of their players in the in the summer. They kept the two big ones, um, Boateng and Stockley, but 
it, there was rumors that they would be compacting, they'd be going a little bit longer, they would be very basic. I think the actual fact they've come out as a very attacking side. Um, from what I've heard, they look very good. I've got two cousins who were, who were well, cousin and uncle rather, who were season ticket holders with Exeter. And they say that they're, they're playing some nice attacking football. It's a little bit more direct at times, but they've got some nice ball players. Um, with regards to it not being an early top of the table clash, I think we were always hoping that we would be up there, but I think probably the neutral thought that Exeter had had their day. I think there was a lot of emphasis on the fact that Paul Tisdale was supposedly the driving force behind it. And, and when he went, everything would collapse and they'd all be sat around St. James's Park with their head in their hands wondering what they'd done. And what they've actually done is toughened up, um, attacked more, and they look really, really good. And uh, it's going to be a really tough game. It's never easy to go down to Exeter. Um, I think it's, you know, it's the, the journey takes a bit out of you, even if you're having an overnight. There's not as many of your fans there. But it's a game that realistically we should come away with something, even if it's only a point. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy if we if we remained unbeaten, to be honest. I mean, the fact is that, um, I think at this point, there's only one team that's that's outright better than us in the entire EFL, and that is, unfortunately, it's Peterborough. But, you know, when you consider that they're the only team that have won all five of their games so far, we're sat on 13 points at the top. It's it's easy to sit there and say, yeah, I'd love to go to Exeter and, and you know, smash them, take all three points and, and run away with them. But I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, they've, you know, like you say, they've... they've uh, I think a lot of people expected them to to, to collapse after um, you know after Tisdale went, but we will see. I, I think uh, if Danny, I was going to say if he continues this this run of of tinkering, but I don't think he's going to. I I think if he continues with the run of tinkering, I think it, we might run into a problem. But I think after the county game, I think he knows what his strongest side is, um, and I. I think if we play like we did against County on on uh, Saturday, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Yeah, I think I think there's a call for a slight tinkering. Certainly, obviously, from the Blackburn side. I mean, the thing that you've got with Exeter oh, yeah. is you've got Jaden Stockley, who's phenomenal in the air. Now, by his own fans' admission, he's pretty crap when the ball's at his feet and he's facing goal. But you put the ball in the air, anywhere in the 18-yard area, and he's going to get ahead on it. If you put the ball at his feet. With just him and the keeper, he's probably going to put it in the back of the net. The interesting thing is that they've had 49 shots on goal so far this season. And 23 of those have come either from Jaden Stockley or Hiram Boateng. So if we can get one of our big men, possibly Bozzy, because Bozzy was playing, if I recall, central midfield when we played them last year, stick Bozzy to Jaden Stockley like feces to a blanket. Out wide, wherever Boateng goes, we employ somebody to sit just in the front of the midfield. If he's playing, wherever he's playing, track Boateng. Once you take those two out, the only other battle that you've got to worry about is Nicky Law. Now, Nicky Law is kind of an old school um, ball player. He's uncomplicated. Kind of reminds me of a player we once had called David Hill. Um, But Mm -hmm. if you can kind of stop that little trio then I think you've got a real chance. Incidentally, uh, we've taken 51 shots. And as I said, Andrade's taken 11. And after Andrade, I think you've got five or six players all on five. So our our kind of threat comes from all over. It's quite widespread. Whereas with Exeter, I would imagine that all the discussion is going to be about stopping those three. Yeah, I think um, the uh, the thing that came up last year, well, 
during the playoff games mainly. Um, I got chatting to an Exeter fan uh, during the home uh, during the home leg of the of the playoffs, and he was sat there and we you know we were sort of over a beer. We said, "Well, you know, how do you think you guys are going to do?" And he said, "the The problem is is that a lot of a lot of Exeter fans don't necessarily rate Stockley as highly as people think they do. Um, they say, you know, unless he's got the ball pretty much delivered." on a pinprick to him, he's not going to do anything with it. So I think if we can try and cut out, excuse me, if we can try and cut those distribution channels out, you know, the, the try and stop things getting to him in the way that he likes it, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Um, and like you say, Boateng's always that threat. Um, he, he scored an absolute peach of a goal to, to dent our dreams last year. And, it doesn't seem like he's uh, showing any times any uh, signs of stopping that anytime soon. So, yeah, I'd I'd love to say that I'm going down there, but unfortunately, I I can't. Um, I, I shall be listening on the uh, on the radio, and and hopefully, hopefully, we can come away with a win in that one. Uh, I will say that you know I I said last week that I thought County might start to turn it round, and I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I was wrong on that one. I hope I'm wrong coming away from this weekend as well, but. Uh, We'll uh, we'll have to see what goes on with that one. But looking slightly further ahead from the Exeter game, we've got Mansfield in the checker trade. So um, we we sort of had a little chat before the pod, and we said, you know, let's let's talk about the, the thoughts about the competition. Um, now, you said earlier about the the Carabao being um, a less valuable competition to us as a club. Um, I think you've got that spot on because. I don't want to sit there and say it's because we can win it because obviously we won the check trade last year, but there is something nice about the, the feeling of the checker trade trophy in that you can, you can get to Wembley without, you know, coming up against the big guns without, you know, it's almost like, I don't want to say the word easy, but it is that sort of slightly more achievable route to Wembley that a lot of clubs should have really. Um, it's just a shame that the the under twenty ones or the under twenty threes element of it is is still in there. Um, I mean, what what are your thoughts on on the on that in general, really? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think because we've been to Wembley, I think it's probably a little bit more attractive. In the past, we just looked at it as you know, we're going to turn out against Hartlepool, Rochdale, and Stockport, and then that's going to be the end of it. And Nobody likes turning out. Yeah, I think we played Blackpool one year and there was, there was 1,200 people there, but we got through to the area final against Port Vale over two legs. And Sinselbank mm. was, was busy, or certainly busy by those standards, not busy by today's standards. It's the presence of the under-21s that is the problem, but it is also actually one of the positives because they bring the money. And it's the money from the FA or the money from the Premier League clubs for them uh, competing, which allows us to then get more prize money so that suddenly opening the doors and having 600 people come through on a cold night and you know everyone sat in one little stand is actually attractive because win the game and there's five grand or 10 grand or whatever in your back pocket. What we've got to mm. do um, as a... I say we, but what the clubs have got to do is come up with a format that's going to protect the integrity um, for lower league clubs. So ensure that it is always an Oxford and Coventry or a Lincoln and Shrewsbury and never West Ham under 21s versus Leicester under 21s in the final. They've got to find a way to to Mm. kind of 
ensure that, but whilst keeping the under-21s in. Now, whether that's a, a bigger group stage and then a, a kind of a split so that the under-21s play each other at latter stages and the League 2 teams do... I don't know. I'm not paid to make those sorts of decisions. Um, I do know that the EFL have kind of. Um, I do know that the EFL have, have, have gone out and, and asked for to canvas opinion. So I think that they're open to change. You know, let's make no mistake. Last year, Lincoln City saved this competition because if Chelsea had got through to the final, nobody would be wanting to go to any of these competition games anymore. So that you know, the, the boycott is still there, and I understand that people are still going to want to stay away. I respect people having a decision and a, and a political stance, but this competition is of much more value if it can be got right. Yeah, and you know, I I don't think uh, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm not going to sit here and say that those people that are boycotting are right or wrong. I've got uh, I've got the utmost utmost respect for everybody that's that's taking the stand on it. Um, the principle behind it, I think it's it's a fair one. You know, I, I think there are. There are undoubtedly problems with the the format of the competition, but like you say, I think it's it's a competition at the end of the day. And ultimately, if Lincoln City need to, well, if Lincoln City want to continue to grow, they need to get the funds from from somewhere. And and ultimately, they're a football club, so they want to win football matches. Um, it's a problem that the Czech trade has this label now. Um, but like you say, I think you, you did bring up a good point there of of having the you know. The, the money spinning element of having Chelsea come to the you know come down the bank on a Tuesday night. Um, we recently picked up the uh, the new DVD from the club, the Wembley winners one. So we were watching that the other night, and I thought, you know what, that is actually a like it's a really nice picture to see, like Lincoln City fans celebrating against Chelsea. And even though it is that sort of oh well, it's only the under twenty threes. I mean, you look at that Nathan Ampadu's now in the first team for Chelsea. And that was only what nine months ago, if that. Yeah, seven, six months ago. It's February. Yeah, you know, so it's it's um, it, it just shows you how far things can come quite as as quickly as they can do. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't do anywhere near as well this year in the Czech trade as we did last year. I think. Danny had set his sights on bringing home something last season. Um, I think he was smart in that he knew, deep down, I think he knew that we weren't going to get promoted. Um, I think the fact that we managed to get to where we did was, you know, it was beyond everybody's expectations. Um, and the fact that we managed to to get to Wembley in the Czech trade, I think at the start of the season, he set out and said, right, I want to win this competition because it's achievable. I don't think it's going to be detrimental to the league. Um, I think that's what we're going to do. And, you know, I think that the way that we set out to win those games, I think that proved that, you know, come come the end of the season. My thought is that this time round, he's probably thinking the exact opposite of that. I think the game last night, obviously, you know, we've, we've talked about that. It shows that Danny was quite um, quite set on on doing well in the league. And I, I'm just wondering if that's going to go for all of the kind of cup competitions and say, right, you know, yeah, fair enough. If we get drawn to a big team in the FA Cup, we'll go out, we'll try and win it. If we do, great. If we don't, who cares? We've got the league to focus on. You know, we're top of the league at the minute and long may that continue. 
I, I just wonder if that's going to be his mentality going forward. I mean, what, what do you reckon? No, I don't. I, I disagree. I think if Danny, I think he goes out to win every game. And I think last night was um, just a reflection on the, the fixture congestion. I think as we move into the winter months, I might be incorrect in this, but I think that the, the fixture list is a little kinder in terms of Tuesday night trips. I think it was something that the EFL focused on was fewer midweek winter trips, which is one of the reasons why there's so much crammed into the early part of the season. I think that some of our fringe players, which I, I was lamented for calling reserves, but I think some of the reserve players are very good. I think Luke is is a good player. I think Adam Crooks grew into the game. Uh, I think the new lad, Callum Gordon, that we've, we've signed is, is incredibly promising as well. I think Danny's got to look at ways of getting regular football into these these players. And there's three midweek games there in the Checker Trade Trophy where you would expect to see them play and you would expect to see Matt Reed play. And when we've got the likes of Pet and Frecklington and McCartan and... Um, O'Connor to try and squeeze in, you know, there's going to be any two from those are likely to play as well. When you start looking at that, that's actually quite a strong team, you know, and if we're playing two at the back, so that's Wharton, Wilson, Bostwick and um, Shackle to try and get in. So, you know, you can reasonably assume two of those are going to play. We've suddenly got a very strong side. Now in the group stages, that should be enough to get through. I, you know, I don't think Scunthorpe, they're in turmoil. I can't see them putting out a strong side. Mansfield, they've got some injury problems. I can't see them doing it either. Not really sure about the Wolves under 21 side. So realistically, we could get out of the group stages. Once you're out of the group stages, it then becomes um, like for like almost because we're only playing League 1 and League 2 sides take away the under 21 element just for a second because that's kind of a, a trump card you don't really know what's what's going to happen there it's a wild card rather I would back us 99% of the time our full first team to be any full first team in League 1 or League 2 under the right conditions bar perhaps Portsmouth, Peterborough and Sunderland maybe Barnsley but we'd give ev- absolutely anybody a game we proved that last year because that Peterborough side we knocked out last year had nearly all of their first team players, bar Jack Marriott in it. We beat them 3-2. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get back to Wembley again this year. Wouldn't It wouldn't be beyond comprehension. I would love to see it. Um, I I remain slightly sceptical. I don't think Danny's going to, you know, I don't think Ed's going to set up to, to lose games. I don't think he's going to set up to, to purposely knock us out of a competition. I think, like you say, he is going to go there with the intention of winning every game. But I, there's just a little part of me that thinks that, you know, this this whole, the cliche of, oh, we're focusing on the league. I I just have a feeling that that's, that's the bigger prize this year for Danny and Nicky. And I think... Uh, they might well treat these as as like reserve games, you know, like you say. Um, and we 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 both know what you mean when you say reserve games. That it's not, you know, it's not like we're we're treating them as any like second class citizens or anything like that. But um, yeah, I'd I'd love to see us get through to Wembley again. I'd love to have that day out again. It was it was a beautiful day um, on the pitch, you know, outside. It was pissing it down, but. Things like the Green Man and everything else, you know, that that was just a day that I, I would love to experience again. And if we get the chance, then we get the chance. But if we don't, hopefully we'll have a, you know, we'll, we'll be up in League One next season, regardless. So I don't think you're wrong when you say that Danny um, prioritizes the league. I think if if a quarter final fell in between a, a trip to MK Dons on a Saturday and a, a home game against Yeovil the following Saturday, and we wanted 
you know the six points you know he wouldn't he wouldn't play his full first team and risk losing any of those games at the end. I just I just have a sneaky feeling that he's too competitive to really go all out reserve no I fair enough um I, I hope I you know I hope we win as much as we possibly can this season maybe we can do the elusive uh, football league double who knows <laughs> um but anyway um, we'll we'll move on to obviously you touched on uh, Kellen Gordon there uh, signing on loan from uh, from Derby. Uh, what do you make of this signing? Because I think he played um, in the friendly uh, in in pre season. I didn't get a chance to go to that game, but it sounds like this could be a bit of a signing and a half for us at the minute. Yeah, it could be. I think he impressed in that game. He did impress me when he played for Swindon at our place last season. He was on loan there. Um, I think he, mm. he had a, a bit of a time with injuries, but when he played, he was very effective. He's been billed as, as cover at fullback, but if you read the Derby forums and you speak to their fans, they see him as a, as a winger. They see him as a pacey player who likes to get his head down and beat players. I wonder if he might be a little okay. bit in the, uh, the Harry Toffolo mould. So at the end of the day, it's strength in depth and... Um, I rather I, I was under the impression we could only sign five loan players. That's incorrect. We can sign eight loan players um, and only have five in the match day squad. So yeah, as I said, that that was it. You can only have five on the in the in the uh, the submitted squad. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, then it, it's a decent signing. It's a way of getting young talent into the side to cover. We've not seen him in Lincoln shirt. We've only got other people who've got to go and tell us to go on. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see when he pulls on the red and white. Yeah, um, I think it's you know it's probably another bit of a statement intent from from Danny. Um, he seems to he seems to like to surprise us with you know where he's getting players from now. Um, you know, one minute he's he's pulling Bruno Andrade and. Uh, and Juan Luque up from from non-league, and the next he's he's plucking a young uh, young lad from the championship. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the uh, like you say what the strength in depth now means for the club, um, for the team. I think uh, it's it's possibly going to put a little bit of pressure on Harry Anderson, who again I thought had an excellent game on Saturday, um, but it's it's not necessarily the bad kind of pressure if you know if all of a sudden he thinks right. Harry's, you know, maybe Harry's having a bad game. We can take him off and stick somebody else on in place of him. I, I just think, like you say, the strength in depth is is just it's nice to have in a Lincoln City squad because it's something that we definitely didn't have last year. Yeah, I think it frightens other teams. To be honest, I think it has to. I think it's interesting when you look at the transfer policy. There always there seems to be a little thread winding through it because you take for instance Harry Toffolo now Harry Toffolo was at Norwich at Norwich under 23s is with whom we dealt Sean Raggett um, we then signed Jason Shackle who played with Harry Toffolo at Millwall when he was on loan last season um, Shackle was also at Derby and then we signed a young lad from Derby under 23 so there, it, there does tend to be you know Boreham Wood with um, with Andrade and then with Grant Smith I mean I'm you know Football's all about contacts, and I don't think we shop in in one store. I think we go wherever we can, and it wouldn't surprise me if the winger that we bring in doesn't come from somewhere like Bournemouth, um, because he's still obviously quite focused on bringing somebody in. But but we've got a great squad, um, and I think that it that shows by the fact we went to Blackburn and got beat four one, putting out players who a couple of them were making their league debuts. So. Uh, yeah, do you reckon there's just like one big WhatsApp group that um, you know the current Lincoln player, uh, the current Lincoln squad, just keep adding players to, going, "Come on, lads, just come on, come on, come play for us for a bit. It'd be great." 
Do you think that's why Terry Hawkridge keeps getting mentioned? Because they, they, nobody can bring him, bring themselves to kick him out of the WhatsApp group. <laughs> I bet, I bet it was considerably easier with a couple of players, wasn't it? But when Tom Champion went, they were always there a block button on WhatsApp. He's group admin, mate. He can't get kicked. <laughs> Tom Champion. I bet he wouldn't know how to work group. <laughs> but if they give him instructions on how to do it, he'd just wander around his garden in a day. He's looking at the phone because it's all he did for us. Yeah. Do you know what? That's actually harsh because although he didn't play well for us, I was a strong a strong believer in Tom Champion and he's still playing very well at conference level now. I, I think it was just wrong person, wrong time. But, but yeah. you want to have a bit of a moan, don't you, Ben? I do, yeah. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna move on to a couple of other bits now. Um, the first one, um, we're gonna come to the supporters board in a minute because um, obviously you know that that's part of your your remit. Um, but I wanted to have a little bit of a whinge. Something that I've noticed for the past two weeks now, or the past two home games, um, when it gets to the final whistle, it's really hard to get out of the ground. <laughs> um, I know that's not something that is, you know, in everybody's wheelhouse, you know, straight away, everyone wants to sort of sit and stand around and, and, you know, applaud the team off. Don't get me wrong. I do as well. But when I sit there and watch Danny come over, um, applaud the team off, you know, Danny gives everything. And then you're then stood for a further five to 10 minutes, just waiting to go down the steps. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. I'm sorry. But the thing that really frustrates me is that when you do look down and you see there's there's people just stood on the um particularly in the co-op stand you know there's, there's people stood on the railings or stood next to the railings and that's a walkway i know this sounds like really sort of oh, i'm going to put my hard hat on and my high vis and be all health and safety but that's a walkway if you're going to get out of your seat like fucking walk <laughs> you know <laughs> It's it's not it's not a place where you sit and you stand and watch the game. If people stood and watched the game there, you bet your ass the stewards would be on them quicker than you know quicker than me on a on a curry. Like they they have to get them and and move them out of the way. And nine times out of ten, the stewards are just stood there talking to each other or talking to the the people that are stood there. Like I got quite I got quite vocal with the steward at the. Um, you know, after the after the Swindon game, I said, "This is fucking ridiculous." I'm sorry, you can't sit there and just watch people stand on the barrier. Like the average football fan, let's be honest, isn't exactly the same build as the average football player. I think I speak for myself when I say that. But when you have two or three people trying to get through this gap, and you've got one person hunched over a barrier, you know, they're sticking their ass out. And they're they're trying to wave and clap, you know, clap the team. Just stand in your seat. Just there's no need to go down to the barrier. Just because you're still on the barrier doesn't mean that Danny's going to notice you. <laughs> you know, you know, it's got. I find, it does. It just does my fucking head in. <laughs> That's four f bombs in a minute and a half, mate. I can tell that that winds you up. I think. I think <laughs> to be honest, hands up. I haven't clapped Danny and the players off at all this season. Because, you know, as you know, I, I live 45 minutes out of Lincoln uh, and that rapidly becomes an hour and 10 minutes out of Lincoln if I miss the five minute window, which is between the end of the game and getting back to my car. So if I don't leave, if I'm not stood by the barriers waiting to go down the stairs when the final whistle goes, it can make a 20 to 25 minute difference for me getting home. Because if I get back mm. to my car, 
as everybody else is getting back to theirs, Sinsel Bank becomes gridlock. And where I park is, I, I'm not going to reveal it because it's a nice little sneaky car parking place. And I don't want other people, park. <laughs> but it's not a million miles away from the ground, but literally five minutes later and you're stuck. And genuinely yeah. the difference is on against uh, Swindon. I got back here just as the sports program was finishing at six o'clock. Whereas last season, uh, the number of times that I was driving back here, listening to Dean Jackson's beat elite on the radio Lincolnshire, which for your information <laughs> comes after six o'clock is phenomenal. And I, I, I agree with yeah. you to, to a point I, you know, people should, if they're leaving, leaving, if they're standing, they're standing. But unfortunately people go to leave, then get to the barriers and then stand there and clap the team off because they're out of their seat. If you're going to get up and go early, get out the ground. Um, and, you know, also I did notice yeah. that... I mean, it's not its not even necessarily about leaving early. It's about leaving on time. You know, the final whistle goes, you stand there, you clap, you know, you, you clap, you applaud, you say, right, well done, lads. And then a lot of the time, if I'm walking down the stairs, the team will come over as I'm walking down the stairs. So naturally, you know, team come around, clap the team as you're walking down the stairs. There's just no movement. As soon as something happens... There's just there's absolutely no movement. And the stewards, you know, a lot of people have got a lot of things to say about the stewards at, at the club. I've never really had too much of a problem with them personally. But when, you know, when you get into a point and you stood there and you're looking at your watch and the team have gone back down the, you know, back down the tunnel and it's an extra five or ten minutes down the line. What are they paid to do? All I, all I can yeah. say is it's not a problem that I've encountered, but um, I'm happy to raise it with the supporters board if you'd like me to. Absolutely, please do. I believe my uh, my good lady wife is actually uh, she she tweeted Liam Scully quite angrily the other day. Like she was fair with it; she didn't you know call him out by name, but she she mentioned it and said it's uh, it needs looking at because you know I again I only live five or ten minutes down the road. Um, we have a good sort of five. Well, three or four minute walk to get to the car but nine times out of ten we used to be able to to get home and we'd pull up to the driveway and Danny was just half, about halfway through his interview now we hear the interview as we get into the car because it's there's just that much of a delay now but yes supporters board please do uh please do raise it and, and tell me what happened at the recent i one. feel that we have to uh, i have to change the subject there a little bit i can i can't actually see you while we're doing this podcast but i can actually feel the blood pr pressure rising over the uh <laughs> over the computer screen that we've got going on um yes if I prick my finger and put in a hole in my window, mate, that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we um, we had our supporters board meeting, and you know, there's, there's one or two people who are critical of it um, for various reasons. And to be honest, it was more the criticism I think that I wanted to address. Um, the the minutes will come out in due course. Now, what happens? We have the meeting. Um, we discuss quite a few things, and during the course of some of the discussions, there's there's some items that. I mean, I'd put inverted commas around it and not fit for public consumption. Now, that doesn't mean that we're being given specific information, but we're sometimes given enough information to help lead a decision. Um, and I'll reference the Sheffield Wednesday friendly. Um, we were, as a group, asked mm -hmm. if we thought that the Salinity stand should be given over to Sheffield Wednesday fans. We were then given uh, a degree of financial information, i.e. what it would cost us not to give it over what we would make from it and that sort of thing and we made our decision from there and we couldn't make that decision without being given that information now i'm aware that some people um 
and not happy with the way that the board was put together, which I kind of wanted to address a little bit because it isn't a group of yes men and that's that's kind of been suggested. What happened, the club decided they wanted to put a supporters board together, but they wanted um, a, when I say a fair representation, they wanted people who the club had engaged with in the past, whether that was for issues or whether that was on um, projects, but people whom they knew could act in a responsible manner on the board. That's not to say that they were trying to, they're saying that other fans were not. They wanted a base starting point. So they approached two or three fans Mm -hmm. and they then asked those fans who did they think should be on the board who represented other kind of demographics. And it wasn't about representing um, the Lady Imps and Lincoln Vitals and that sort of thing. It It was more about do we have a... 60 plus on the board do we have enough female representation on the board do we have uh, an exile on the board or, or do you know what i mean so certain age groups and that sort of thing um and after two mm-hmm. meetings we'd kind of got this group of people together who we then had between us we had to kind of say well do we think this is going to work or not now the, the sort of people that are on the board as well as myself, you've got An- Andrew Helgerson. So you've got Helgi, who's obviously um, you know well-respected. We've got um, Sam Kendall. I don't know if you know Sam, but Sam's you know, a long-standing female Imps fan. Um, certainly not a yes woman in any way, shape or form at all. And you know, we had some very lively conversations around the end of season presentations, which Sam was very forceful um, and rightly so on we've got nick proctor um 617 kind of you know young likes to go out he likes to have a few pints with his mates before the game so we've got different demographic on that um recently mm-hmm. had one of our members leave i don't know quite how we're going to deal with it but i think i think it's going out to a kind of who wants to be on the supporters board and then we'll discuss discuss it as a as a group but Pete Doyle's recently been voted onto the club board as part of the Lincolnshire Trust, so uh, the Red Imps Trust. So we've kind of said, well, look, you can't be on both boards, Pete, because it's not fair. Um, we're trying mm-hmm. very, very hard just to be a kind of a focus group. We don't think there were anything special. Um, we, we're certainly not privy to lots of information that we can't share. It's only when it's relevant. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a little bit defensive of it because I'm only on it to try and do good. I want to help shape the fan experience. I want to put negative points across. I want to be a critical friend to the board. Um, I'm not a yes man. I do work for the club. I do write for the club program uh, and I do do that for free and I have a good relationship with the club. But we spoke about the food and I was, you know, the the situation against Barry and my exact words were it was woeful and it was inadequate. Um, and the club are moving to to deal with that. So, I, sorry, I'm aware that I've, my voice has probably just taken up four or five minutes of the podcast for something that's non-football related. <laughs> I'm very passionate about the supporters board, and I would just ask even those that do have doubts about how we're formed, please do give us a chance because we are only trying to act in the best interests of the everyday supporter. I was going to say, don't worry about don't worry about taking up too much time, mate. I just had a five minute rant about people standing up. So, um, <laughs> I think um, you, you've. You know, anybody that has a problem with the supporters board, I think, has ultimately has a fundamental misunderstanding of what it's there for. It's not there, like you say, it's not there to sit so that you can stand there and go, oh, well, I'm on the supporters board, don't you know? <laughs> it's just like that the, the club can't ask each individual fan exactly what they want to have happen at every point. So it is, like you say, it, it is kind of a sounding board. So 
um you know i know i know firsthand you know you, you we've sort of spoken a little bit about it and things have been put to the club from the from the supports board and they're coming back like the, the first thing that i noticed um at the you know at the game on saturday at the county game we were expecting that to be a big crowd like it was the first 9000 uh, 9000 crowd of the season i didn't have a problem getting a beer like i had i had a couple of beers outside i had one inside a couple inside i can't remember what i had at this point but you know you had pumps outside like there were, there were people pouring pumps outside and this was this came what a week after we'd had the discussions where we'd said you know obviously there's a lot that that needs to happen with the club and i think they got that right um I think there's there's probably a lot more that the club can do, and I think they're working on it. I think there's it, it's nice to be able to have a point where we can put feedback across. Um, I think the people that are taking this as as somebody going, oh well, you know, I I can speak directly to the club. I can do exactly what I want to do because I know people at the club. It's like, that's not what this is. Like if you didn't have those people there you wouldn't be able to get your point across anyway. So let's just try and I, I hate the phrase cause it's so cheesy, but we're all imps, you know, that that's the thing, <laughs> like, you know, you, you try and get, you try and get your point across and this is a way that we can do it without just standing there and shouting and screaming and, and, you know, ultimately shouting into the void, trying to get your voice heard. So yeah, I, I think I don't personally have a problem with it. I think it's a good idea. And I think, um, having like you say the representation from everywhere you're not going to have everybody on the board and ultimately i think some of the people that do have a problem with it have a little bit of well why not me about it so uh, again that's not everybody but we'll have that discussion further down the line um so that's almost an hour to be honest that's that's gone a little bit longer than i anticipated wow. uh tonight but um that's episode two of the Stacey West blog podcast. We mentioned last week that um, the name is potentially subject to change. So um, what are your thoughts on on the naming convention at the moment? How do you want to play this? Do we want to do we want to launch a competition? Do we want to do names out of a hat? Do we just want to throw things at a dartboard and, and see what sticks or... Well, I mean, I'd, we've had a couple of suggestions. I think a couple of people had said something along the lines of We Are Imps podcast. Um, a little bit aware of the fact that there's a, a kind of a, a site similar to the Stacey West called We Are The Imps. And, I, you know, I wouldn't want to encroach on uh, on, on the work that they do. Um, also, uh, you know, I did wonder, do we name it after a cult figure from the past? Like, um, I don't know, Gomez, Gomez Dali's Three Minutes or... Um, somebody suggested naming it after Pete again with here we go again. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, you know, I, I'm open to suggestions. I mean, I'd, I think we drop the blog from now on. So even if we're just calling it the Stacey West podcast, um, it's easier. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, if you're listening and you've got an idea, you know, get in touch. Do, do you, would you like us to reference Gomez Darley? Do you want to call it, you know, worth, the worst fans in the world maybe after uh, Ben Hutchinson's rather – cruel accusation on which hmm. non-league team he's playing for now um <laughs> do you know what i mean so yeah i mean what are your thoughts ben you you had any ideas at all or? um i mean I, I quite like the idea of the court figure stuff and you know i'm i'm the only thing that i uh, i like more than a good pun is a bad pun so you know something along the lines of adrian's petunias or something like that you know um we can we can have loads of loads of ideas so if you've got any ideas um just uh, tweet them to us um you know obviously 
the the site is uh, at Stacy West blog. I am at Winstano. Um, yeah, just just throw ideas at us and we'll see what sticks. Um, and like I said, I think we we should run some sort of competition on it, and and the winner will get something, which is to be decided. I've got. A, I'm sure if you want some programs, I've got bags and bags of programs kicking about the house oh, right or on. something like that. You know, I've still got a need. <laughs> I, I've got my swap programs. So <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you've got bags of programs, mate, I've got a list of stuff I need. Don't be giving it away to the readers, <laughs> listeners rather. Jesus. Okay. Well, after we've had that conversation, <laughs> you know, off air and everything, then we can. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, that's going to do us. Um, the last thing that we've got on the agenda is plugs. I am very much aware that this is going to be entirely self-involved on my part, but um, Gary, is there anything you want to plug before I have my little two minutes of fame? Um, not really. I write for Football League World, which is www.footballleagueworld.co.uk, predominantly championship coverage. Um, so if you're interested in knowing what I think about Derby County's latest signing or whether Hull City are crap or not, um, log on. The answer's yes, by the way. <laughs> it is. They got beat 4-0 last night. Oh, terrible. <laughs> anyway, over to you. Uh, yeah, so obviously last week um, we, we mentioned briefly about uh, my gaming website, which at this point last week was called Next Gen Gaming Blog. Uh, this week we've had a massive revamp. Um, I am currently running on caffeine and adrenaline, and it's only half past eight in the evening. Um, we had a big relaunch this week, uh, and the site is now called Next Gen Base. It's nice and short, nice and sweet, B-A-S-E, so it's at Next Gen Base everywhere, um, and Next Gen Base on Twitter, uh, on, sorry, nextgenbase.com is the email, is the web address. You can tell I've not really had that much sleep. Um yeah, we've we've done quite a lot um, this week. As you know, we, we briefly mentioned uh, Pro Evolution Soccer last week. Uh, I've had the Pez review up this week. Um, that's gone live. Seems to have done quite well. You know, we've got some numbers on it, and I think people are, are quite excited about Pez. That's out on Friday, um, so give it a go. And when it's done, I am actually working on a Lincoln City kit. When it's done, uh, I will post a link to that, uh, so you can all download it and play as the Mighty Imps in Pez twenty nineteen. Um, that's our Friday, is it? Yes, it is. Uh, oh, so that'll save me from Fortnite. My brothers made me download that so that we can do some joint gaming. But um, I don't know. I worry about it a little bit. It's, it's a little bit too fashionable for me. I always <laughs> like to be, you know, a little bit out of fashion, a little bit different. So. Yeah. Well. Um. Anyway, as I say, go check it out. Uh, we also have another podcast on there, which is the Next Gen Basecast, um, which is now the new name for it. But yeah, Next Gen Base. Check it out everywhere if you would be so kind and let me know what you think. Um, unless it's horrible, in which case keep it yourselves. Right. That's going to do us for episode two of the Stacey West podcast. Um, as I say, any name suggestions, throw us at, throw them at us, and uh, we will see you all down the bank on Saturday. Indeed, and uh, let's hope you prefer us to uh, make peace in Horton. Absolutely. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call 
on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.